Hey, y'all. It is episode 40 of Eat, Drink, Write, and Urban Fantasy Whiteboard. And we will be talking about the inciting incident because I think that's a really good topic. It kind of goes with what we talked about last week with Act One. Yeah. But first, how was your week? Uh, it's pretty good. Uh, my So my project ended up getting changed at work. Uh, not changed. I guess I got put on a different project while I continue the same project. And that's mostly because I had a, I had a meeting with my advisors. And as I was talking to them, one of them goes, you know, your project is really hard. And I was like, well, yeah. And he was like, and it takes a lot of time. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, you need something else. And I was like, okay. And he was like, you're not going for a PhD. You're going for a master's. Is that why? No, not necessarily. It's just a matter of like, will I be able to finish this project? Will I be able to actually get results from it in time to graduate? That kind of thing. Okay. Um, so I'm going to continue working on that project. It just won't be, uh, if I, if I don't get results, it will not mean that I can't graduate. I gotcha. So I was given a much safer project, which actually won't take that much time at all. Uh, which is nice. Uh, and so I'll get a, a paper out of that and then continue working on this really hard project because I do want to be able to graduate and finish what I started. So how long does grad school last? How long will you be there? So a master's is typically two years, but since I work full time at the same time, I'm limited in the number of hours that I can put towards classes and like that kind of thing. So I'm limited in that respect. Uh, so it'll take me three total. Okay. Um, All right. So. Yeah, that's not bad. And, yeah. and you get to stay close to home to your mom and dad by doing that. So that makes me happy. For a little bit, yes. <laughs> okay. My week is, I, I don't even know how it's Wednesday already. I, I don't know what happened. I keep thinking it's Tuesday. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't even, well, Monday was my birthday. So I did work. I worked. I was working on all my court orders and stuff. I, I, I don't remember Monday other than late <laughs> dinner. Oh, you don't remember Monday. You must have had a party. <laughs> well, I did a little bit, but not until <laughs> after work. And then I don't know what I did yesterday. I have no idea. Huh. And then today, we during lunch, we go upstairs and make sure that Riley has lunch for her lunch break at school. And then we usually watch a show, a recorded show or something. And we watched um, Married at First Sight, which is something that we're addicted to. Right. And when it was over, the Braves were on TV. And I was like, oh, this is cool. It was the ninth inning. It was zero to zero. It was the bottom of the ninth. And the Braves were up. And I was like, I'll just watch the end of this game. That would be cool. Because yeah. it's the wild card game. So right. it, yeah. it's best out of three. And this was game one. They went 13 innings. <laughs> they, they did win it. They won it in the bottom of the 13th. But I'm, I keep looking. I kept looking at the clock going, we've got a podcast tonight. We, we've got a podcast tonight. Uh, I don't know quite when I'm going to do my research. So Well, I'm, uh, I'm glad you made it. <laughs> me too. That was today. I, I, don't, I don't know what I'm doing. The week after court, I'm pretty useless anyway. Yeah. It takes my brain a while to calm down. Yeah. And then having a birthday thrown in there kind of messed everything Just up. Throws, so. Yeah. Throws a wrench yeah. in there. Yeah. So what are you eating and drinking? Um, so I'm not going to eat it during the podcast because it's loud, but I got a jalapeno cheese dip with, uh, with chips. So that's Ooh, my food. Nice. And then for my drink, and I, I think I must have had some of yours at home one time because it's the Monk's Blend Tea. 
uh, from the uh, Peacock Tea Room. Yes. Um, and I thought I, I know I've had it before, but uh, mine was unopened. So I must have had yours or something I like that. So. I think so. I've got the Monk's Blend here. Gotcha. So, yeah, then yeah. That's, that's what I'm drinking. And I put honey in it, so it's nice and sweet and delicious. So it's good. Yeah, I had tea earlier today, and I did something different. I wanted mint tea, but the mint tea doesn't have caffeine. Yeah. So I mixed a English afternoon tea bag with an with a mint tea bag and let it steep and it was actually very good. So I'm kind of now yeah. concocting my own tea blends. <laughs> nice. I like that I have to have caffeine, so I'm just gonna blend it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was that I needed caffeine today. And then uh, right now I just got done watching the game and researching. So I am drinking my pink sparkling wine. It's the Michelle brand and I'm drinking it out of a, a glass that you gave me for my birthday. I did. It's so pretty. Can you see it's kind of iridescent in the, yeah. in the YouTube video for those watching? It's, it's beautiful. I love it. I asked for glasses and plates and stuff for the podcast because I like to use different plates and cups and uh, I'm not eating anything because dinner's cooking right now. So gotcha. what are you no, going to have for dinner? Daddy's cooking it. It's some kind of keto. We have the keto uh, service from Green Chef. Oh, yeah. So tonight I think is sausages with peppers and onions. That sounds wonderful. Oh, it's excellent. Uh, maybe maybe they can, um, what is it called? Sponsor. Sponsor, sponsor us. <laughs> maybe they can sponsor us. <laughs> but yeah, we do the keto of that and it's awesome. It keeps the, us from having to eat the same old, same old all the time it's so that we can keep on the, um, the diet. That's awesome. So, and Riley got me some cute little plates that I'll have to use this month. They're little Halloween gnomes. Oh, so yeah. I've got four of them. So that's four episodes that I can do during October to, to show y'all that they're adorable. That's awesome. But my drink is my boring wine because I didn't have time to do anything else. So that's but, okay. I always drink tea. <laughs> yeah. And I love this wine. Any, any kind of rosé brute sparkling wine is perfect for keto. It's only 1.5 grams of carbs. So can't really beat that. Right. Yeah. I have jokes. Oh, of course you do. They're pretty bad this week, y'all. You say really, that every week. But our, our listeners really need to step it up. Okay. <laughs> what type of blood does a proofreader have? What? Type O. Type O. <laughs> uh, I'm going to slow golf clap that one. Yeah. Uh, what do you call a rider with health insurance? What? Married. <laughs> wow they say writers are very tolerant people i agree my alcohol tolerance has increased significantly since i started writing absolutely <laughs> especially since we started this podcast we drink a lot on it i know and we have multiple episodes through the week i'm like we're we're drinking a lot this week <laughs> So writing the inciting incident. Yeah. So we talked about this. You mentioned it. We talked about it a little bit last week uh, when we were talking about writing act one. You know, it was one of the three main hallmarks of writing act one. And we, I think we mentioned it last week. We were like, oh, we should do a whole episode on that one. And I was like, mm -hmm. you know what? Why not? Yeah. Um, so what exactly is the inciting incident? Uh, it's an event that hooks the viewer into the story and sets everything else that happens into motion. 
Uh, this is the moment when an event thrusts the protagonist into the main action of the story. Yeah, it's kind of that call to adventure. You know, yeah. my D&D my &D type days, that, that's what we always called that, the start of the game. It's the call to adventure. Right. Um, and that's, that's kind of what this is. It's the reason why your main character is in this story. Right. Yeah, exactly. Inciting in incidents can be positive or negative. I'm not even drinking today. Uh, they can be positive or negative events. Yeah, I was thinking about that. I mean, winning the lottery is a great thing, but it could definitely be an inciting incident, as well as like Spider-Man, where he got bitten by the radioactive spider. Although that had some cons as well, it gave him superpowers. So I would say that's a good inciting incident. Well, it's funny, then, you, mentioned the, you mentioned the lottery, and it just reminds me of that TV show Lost, where the guy yeah. won the lottery on the, on the cursed numbers or whatever, yeah, and yeah. all these horrible things just kept happening to him. Oh, and I was like, you know, it, it would be a good thing, but also if it were like that kind of lottery win, I think I'm good without it. Yeah, a lot of people come out of the woodwork looking for money when that happens. I think if we ever win, we're going to just keep it quiet. Absolutely. We'll just retire. Mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. do our own thing. Go on your merry way. But then, like you said, it can be bad too, like someone dying in a car accident. I think you're, was it Aiden? Yep. Although that happened prior to the start of, at least it did in the version that I read of it. That it I still does, yeah. I don't think that was the inciting incident, but it was definitely close to when the, the book started, and that's a horrible thing. Right, So. Yeah. And it kind of, you know, I mean, it's not the inciting incident of, this particular section of the story, but it is the whole reason that Aiden moves to Virginia and ends up in the jungle of what it is. Yeah. In yeah. Scene, so. so it's it's kind of a pre-existing inciting incident because right. it did. It sparked that move for her to go to a town where she never would have gone otherwise. Right. Yeah. So it also upsets the balance, uh, the balances in force in your main character's life. You go into that more later, and so I, yeah. I won't say much more about it, but it does. It upsets drastically your character's balance of life, their normal right. life. Yeah. 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 And I, I think that's a really important point because you definitely want this event to just, like you said, I talk about it in a little bit, but just uproot your main character from mm -hmm. So how can we go about writing this inciting incident? How do you know to come up with one? What do you want it to look like? What do you you know, where do you want to put it in your novel, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, so as mentioned in our episode last week, you want to include it in the first quarter of your story or sooner. You know, if it comes much later, then I feel like it can become uh, boring to read or like try to get to that event or, you know, your reader's waiting on this event to happen. And it, if it's too late, then it becomes a boring read and they're going to yeah. more likely put it down. I agree. Yeah. Um, sometimes the inciting incident happens within the first few pages, and sometimes it happens after uh, an opening scene or buildup. Yeah, this, I struggle with this, and you were trying to help me with this, and I don't, still don't think I found the sweet spot in Freaking Fairies. The first final draft, I thought it was final, um, right. we went to one of our conferences in Atlanta, and the feedback I got was that it took too long to get to this inciting incident, that it was kind of boring, like you said. Right. So I, I still had an agent ask for it and I thought, well, I'll change it up. And so I made it go too soon. And because we didn't even get to know who Beck was and all of a sudden there's knives going everywhere and 
you know, she's in the middle of this action and it's like, well, why do we care that knives are being thrown at her? We don't even know her. Right. So I struggle with this. So I'm about to rewrite that beginning part again. And hopefully that will be the sweet spot and I'll finally have the proper place for my inciting incident. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm going through the same kind of thought process on my Aura series. Um, I don't remember if you ever read the beginning of that one. Uh, it's one that I've been working on for ever. I read a version of the beginning. It's, it's pretty much the same. Okay. Um, for the most part, uh, I might have changed like sentence structure, like that kind of thing. Okay. Um, but for the most part, like within the first two pages, my inciting incident occurs. So I, I go back and forth on whether or not I need to go in and add another scene ahead of time before, you know, so that we get to know Kat and like know who she is before this thing happens. I, the, the version that I read of it, it drew me in. I don't think it was too soon. I okay. is walking along and gets chased and ends up where she ends up. But as she's running, you get her thoughts. You, you see her reaction to what's going on around her. So I don't think so, but I I struggle with that issue myself. So it's like the blind leading the blind right now. (laughs) Fair enough. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'll have to do more thinking about it. And, you know, obviously researching this, I found that some people do start it within the first few pages. I think Mm -hmm. uh, I came across an example with Stephen King. He started his, uh, in the book, Misery, right off um, the first couple of pages. So Mm -hmm. it can work. I I just think it probably depends on how you do it. Yeah, I agree. Um, so change your main character's story for better or worse. So I mentioned this a little bit before, uh, but the inciting incident can be a good thing for your main character or a bad thing. Um, and you just, you want to change your character's life in some way. Cause if it mm-hmm. doesn't change their life, then it's not really an inciting incident that right. spurs the story. Right. Um, and a life changing decision needs to be made. So yeah, the event is going to change your character's life, but your character should also make a choice as an outcome. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I I think, <clears throat> sorry, my throat, I think that it's the way your character reacts to this incident that is super important. It's how we see this character as we, the reader, are just learning about this person and that reaction is critical. Right. And it needs to be, like you said, a whopper. Sometimes it can seem like there is no choice. Like I was thinking about this in The Wizard of Oz when the tornado came and Dorothy ended up in Oz. She didn't have a choice where that house landed on top of the witch um, in Oz. What her choice was, was what, how to react to that situation. And she chose to go forward to try to resolve the issue instead of just crying and whimpering in a corner and staying at the house and being terrified. Right. So it's, it didn't seem like she had a choice because I do think that the inciting incident was the tornado, but her reaction to it was what was important in that. And then in freaking fairies, I also kind of took Beck's choice away from it because she was jinxed right? and the process of getting sight. But I also like to think that she's the kind of person who would have helped these fairies anyway. Yeah. You know, and she she had a choice. There were just adverse things that happened to her if she doesn't help them. But Beck is the type of person who would want to help them anyway. I think she would. Yeah, I absolutely think she would do it anyway, because she is also very headstrong and very much a, a, an empathetic character. Yeah. So she, yeah. Is, she 
more likely to just jump into the fray rather than be like, oh no, I'm not going to get involved with this. I think yeah. it's more likely to be head And these fairies are like little children and they're being hurt. And so she can't just sit by and go, well, it's your own problem. She, she's not that person. Right. And so even though her choice was kind of made for her, <laughs> she had to go for and help them. I think that she would have anyway. And the inciting incident itself, this getting of the sight changed her world forever. You can't unsee the Fae. Once yeah. you see them and you know this magic is out there, you see it. I mean, what she can't go back to just being a normal bookstore owner. Right, and then yeah. last week I talked about The Hunger Games, which I think is a really good book to talk about these parts. The yeah. author did a really good job. And, you know, if Katniss hadn't volunteered as tribute to take her sister's place, the whole story wouldn't have happened. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it just wouldn't. And that was a choice. She, she had a choice to either let her sister go off and die or the choice to step up. And that kind of gives me goosebumps, you know, that she made that choice to save her sister and go and die. Basically she, that's what happens when you go to the hunger games, you die. Absolutely. And also just as a note, this happened in chapter two. Yeah. So that's a really good point. So yes. it wasn't right off the bat. It wasn't within the first few pages. It was, it was a yeah. little bit later. Yeah. Chapter one was setting up her normal world where she was out hunting with Gail, trying to find squirrels and whatnot to feed her family so they didn't starve to death in this horrible dystopian society that they were in. That right. was all of chapter one, setting up her normal. Chapter two was where the inciting incident occurred. So there is no right or wrong. It does need to be within the first act for sure, probably sooner rather than later, like you said. Yeah. You don't have to make it like I did in my second final draft on the first page. Right, yeah. And you don't have to make it too late like I did in my first final draft. <laughs> I mean, I, it's just, there it's is a... Yeah, there is a yeah. sweet spot. And I think the more we write, the better we will get it at figuring that out. Yeah, I think so too. And like you were talking about the decision, it's the, the whole point about this decision, the story happens because of that decision. Right. There would be no story otherwise. So when you're yeah. writing your inciting incident, keep that in mind. That's crucial. You can't, it's not going to be a proper inciting incident unless this decision is what makes that story. Yeah, I think that ties into uh, character agency, which we could probably do a whole episode on, um, mm -hmm. just in terms of your character driving the story, your character mm -hmm. making choices and not being passive. Mm -hmm. um, so that'd be a fun episode to do sometime. It would. And, you know, we did that topic on the anti-hero who uh -huh. sometimes is reluctant to engage in the story. They don't want to make that decision that moves the story forward. So yeah, that's, that's, that would be an interesting topic. Yeah. I think it'd be fun. Your inciting incident should also awaken a hidden desire in your main character. So when writing the inciting incident, uh, consider what your main character wants or even subconsciously wants. You might not, they might not even know. Therefore right. the reader will not necessarily know. Um, and then let the incident awaken this desire in them. So show us what spurs the main character into action uh, and why they're willing to do it. Yeah, like back to Peter Parker again, you know, he gets bitten by this spider and gains superpowers. He, that awakens his desire to be more than this high school nerd who no one really noticed. He was just mm -hmm. a nerd in school, you know, the cliques in high school and um, there's the, the intelligent nerd cliques and the, uh, the jocks and whatnot. That incident 
awakened his desire to be be somebody not that he wasn't before but in his own interior self it awakened that desire to be a hero and I, I was yeah. think you know with Beck I don't know that she had the desire to go into this fae world but she had kept herself because of her divorce she had kept herself safely enclosed in her bookstore and didn't go outside the box yeah and I think even though it might not have been what she outwardly thought she needed, I think it's definitely what she inwardly needed. She needed to go back to living her life again. And she had locked herself away into this safe spot and wasn't really living life. Yeah, I, I was thinking about it with uh, with Mac too, because, you know, she, the inciting incident there is where, you know, obviously this this guy has kidnapped a kid with magic. And so now she realizes she's not the only one with magic anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and so her, her desire has always been, I want to know more about me and why I can do the things that I can do because I've never met someone else with magic. Um, and then suddenly, yes, there is this dude who's got magic, except he's kidnapped a kid with it. So it's, yeah, it's, yeah so it's a, an interesting. Um, and her, her decision was, I ignore it and pretend like it doesn't exist or I go headstrong into it when I already know the cops suspect me right? and try to deal with it, you know? So that gives us insight into Mac's character. And we, yeah. as the reader are like, I like this chick. Let's see what she does. Whereas okay. if she ignored the child being kidnapped when she might have the power to do something about it, we would be going, what's wrong with you? Right. You know, yeah. so that choice of hers that internal decision, I think, awakened her desire to, like you said, to know other people with magic, to right. find out more about herself. But I think it also awakened her protective instinct. I agree. Which yeah. is what got her in trouble to begin with. She saved the guy in the beginning uh-huh. because of her protective instinct. And I don't think she can help herself. Right. No, yeah. she absolutely can't. I've already yeah. started book two. She she already is in some shenanigans because yeah. of who she is. Of course. I love so, her. Yeah. She's great. Work backwards from your climax, which I thought this one was really interesting, uh, especially as a plotter, because I do a lot of the time picture what happens in the end before I ever get there. Almost all the story events in your story from the inciting incident onward is going to build towards that climax. Uh, and so knowing where you might end up can help you plan how you want to write that inciting incident. Yeah. Like, okay. So in hunger games, the end, you know how it wants to end. Someone has to win the games and whatnot. And there's going to be characters there that have to help or not help or whatever. So if you know that, then you can work backwards. So the whole point is, someone's got to win this game. So we've got to get her there. And so the inciting incident had to be how she got into the games. Right. So you could have worked. She, and maybe this is how that author did it. You, maybe she did work backwards from. That's a really good example. I like mm-hmm. that. Hunger games has just been full of really good examples with yeah. all of our topics. Yeah, no, that's, that's a great one. Cause I like how you're like, Oh, well, you know, she's going to be in the game. So therefore how does she get in the games? Obviously yeah. that's, that's it. Yeah. Um, that's super cool. Yeah, but this can also be a good way to look at your story once you've finished a draft for those who are pantsers. So, you know, if, yeah. Me, 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 me. 
Yeah, because if you're not a plotter and you don't exactly know where you're going to end up, I think it's totally fine to look at your entire draft as a whole and see if your inciting incident makes sense. Yeah, um, yeah. That's, I think reach that. that's a way to double check how, you know, what it is. And you might need to go back after you finish your first draft for those of us that are pantsters and you might have to change it. You might have to change it totally because what you thought was going to happen didn't happen because your characters took off on their own and fell in love with each other and did things like in Kata's story that you didn't expect. Right. Um, although that inciting incident didn't change. I just didn't expect the ending that happened in that one. Yeah. Force your main character to react to the inciting incident, mm -hmm. which we talked about a little bit uh, mm -hmm. before. Yeah. It goes back to, to what I said earlier about having them make a decision. Yes. Um, because this event is supposed to throw your main character's life out of balance. So they shouldn't be able to go on with their normal everyday life. Like Matt can't go on and continue to just be a chef while this guy is running around her city and doing hectic things. And um, hurting children. Right. And then like the Hunger Games example, how would Katniss live with herself if she just said, sorry, sister, sorry, Prim, have a good time, good luck. Right. She couldn't. She couldn't go back to that. And then once she made the decision to volunteer for tribute, she couldn't go back from that either. They they take you and they stick you on a train and you're going to go and fight in these games. Right. So, yeah. Uh, you had one more little point there. Um, oh, yeah. The reactions, and I think I might have said this already, but helps you as the reader learn your character. Yeah. Whether, whether it's going to be an anti-hero like we've talked about or a hero hero, it helps us, their decisions and their reactions and these choices help us see who they are. Which is honestly my favorite part of reading any story. I think I, I love inciting incidents because it does force you to see, oh, what is this character made of? Mm -hmm. Who are they? And what are, what are they willing to do in terms of this big event that's just happened to them? How do they react to it? Do they go into it fighting, which I love? Um, or do they, you know, decide to turn their back on it? Which again, and I might love. You know, like, that's true. And like Beck, not only is there the initial reaction of, do I help or do I not help? But Beck is so she's weird. Yeah, yeah. She's, she, the way she chooses to help is like, uh, okay, that's not quite what I would have done, but oh, I hope that works out for you, Beck. Right. So, and that helps us get to know the characters as well. And, and I love her. I, yeah. I find her fascinating. I'm like, what's she going to do next? Because she does write herself. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, so it does help the reader get sucked into the story even more and to love your character or hate, hate to love your character, whatever it is that you're going for. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, make the inciting incident absolutely memorable. I, I love this one. You know, make it big shout it to the sky, make your reader remember it long after it happens. Uh, make sure that they can pinpoint right where the story kicks off. And I think that is critical to any inciting incident. The Hunger Games again, I will never forget. And I mean, how many people, it became a thing. You said it last week, I volunteer for tribute. Uh -huh. I mean, there were memes about it. There were kids in school, you know, who's going to answer this question? I volunteer for tribute. I mean, right, right that it affected so many people. I mean, what a true inciting incident that was. That, that, you talk about big, that was big. That was big, it yeah. was big. And yeah, people get that as like tattoos and like all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's, a, it's a huge event. Yeah. Um, and arguably the, the biggest event of 
the entire series since it and does kick it off. How cool would it be to have one of our books create that kind of reaction in, in the masses? How cool would that be? That'd be pretty awesome. That would be awesome. Um, um, yeah. Oh, I had another thing. Sorry. Okay. I've only had, I haven't had a lot to drink. I guess being on keto, I get drunk really fast. <laughs> I'm, I'm a cheap date now. Your daddy's happy. Yeah, I bet. Um, Give your incident urgency. That was kind of the vein of what we were talking about. And right. freaking That's fairies. That's a good word to it. It, yeah. it is. It needs to be urgent. So in freaking fairies, Beck gets pulled into this with the fairies, and there are knives throwing that someone is trying to kill these little children fairies. Yeah. And Beck is right in the middle of it. A knife gets thrown right past her head. And so there is an urgency with her trying to help these kids to make that decision to step into that world and help these kids. Although right. they gave her the site, so they didn't really give her much choice. But once they she saw, that. you know, the monster that was there, she could have said, oh, heck no, and taken and off run. and run. Okay. Sorry, kids, but I'm out of here. And she didn't. Yeah. You know, in fact, she pushed them behind her to try to protect them from a monster. Right. Right. So that that was, there was urgency. She didn't have time to go, hmm, what should I do? Because there were knives being thrown everywhere. So yeah, urgency absolutely. is a good uh, thing to have in your inciting incident. Yeah. I think another way good, uh, another way good, another good way of <laughs> putting that would be to say to, you know, raise the stakes in this event. Yes. Um, make it, make it so that like you said, knives are being thrown everywhere, or if they do turn their back on this, something bad happens or whatever, whatever, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, raise the stakes. Mm -hmm. And then also start a conflict with it. Uh, this event is about spurring your story on into the rest of the plot and getting to this, the main point of your, of your story. Mm -hmm. um, make it a problem for your main character and make it so they can't turn their back on it. Like we've been talking about. Yeah. You know, back to hunger games again, so the inciting incident was when she volunteered for tribute. But another thing that was going on at the same time was that PETA also got chosen because they chose a male and a female. And so the conflict was upped because it was PETA that was chosen. Although Gail could have been chosen and that would have also had a different kind of conflict in right. and of itself. But the fact that PETA got chosen because we know as the reader that he likes her. We see the scene where he throws her the bread and right. we know she doesn't know that he likes her. So she thinks he's out to beat her. This is someone she's got to win because only one person can win. She thinks he's going to try to manipulate her. So that adds conflict right there at the point of the inciting incident. Um, and you can do that. You can add conflict into that incident. That's not just bound by her choosing to volunteer for tribute. Right. But these other things are adding additional conflict and stress to the story. Yeah. No, I think that, I think that's great. That's a really yeah. good. Yeah. Um, connect to your story's themes. We talked about theme a lot. We, we've done a whole episode on it. We've mm -hmm. brought it into other episodes. Everything is almost everything I would argue is connected to your story's theme. Your, your kitty cat is giving himself a bath behind you. He is. He thinks he's, he's like, cute. he's like, what? <laughs> Why are y'all looking at me? He's a pun. He likes to steal my chair when, whenever I'm not in it. So uh -huh. that's what he's doing. Because <laughs> you're on the floor, right? I am. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm in my office chair. Yeah. Yep. So my cat, my cat's right behind me and, and he enjoys 
photo bombing because he knows he's cute. <laughs> I'm sorry, um, I got off. Uh, no, no worries. Uh, um, we're talking about theme. Oh yeah. Um, I think arguably everything connects back to your theme. I think that's essentially what a theme is, is that it, it perforates throughout your entire story. Um, I agree. Yeah. Make sure your inciting incident follows that, that trend. You know, I never really thought about theme until we started this podcast. And I, I think it's integral, integral. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) One of those two (laughs) (laughs) to your story. And I just, I, you know, and you and I, are writers who are self-taught and a lot of these things that we're now researching and and talking about with our listeners are stuff that we did automatically right it it just fascinates me how we are inclined to do this automatically I don't know that everybody has that um, ability I don't know that it's an ability but have that grasp on writing right Um, someday hopefully we'll get published Hey, I learned a lot from you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I'm still not published. I still think you're going to get published before I am. Your stories are very good. Oh, we'll um, see. And another thing about how to write the inciting incident, explore the what ifs. I'm a big fan of the what ifs. I've talked about them before. Brainstorm, okay, if this is my inciting incident, what what is going to happen? What characters is this going to affect? How is this going to change what goes on in the flow of the story. Use a flow chart. I'm a big fan of flow charts. You know, I like the little, oh, if this and this and this and this. And I do um, too. I do it on my whiteboard. <laughs> yeah. I, that's, that's great. I handwrite it. Um, right. Yeah. Which is hard because then you can't erase when you want to erase. Well, I love I, my whiteboard. <laughs> I need a bigger room to do my writing in. I need lots of bigger rooms. We need to move into a bigger house. Usually when you get old, you try to downsize. And I'm like, we need to add a craft room and we need to add a writing room and a work room and a workout room and your father's. I've already, I've already told Sydney, whenever we get a house, I get a room that's just whiteboard. Yeah. And she said, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, explore the, that's another way. If you're having trouble, like me with my freaking fairies as to when to put this in, sit down and do some flow charts. Does it work? If I start it here, how is this going to go? Mm, that's not going to work because I don't have this character here yet. And so play with it, write it down, put it into a physical form instead of just trying to remember it in your head. Right. Um, you know, so that was something I wanted to say. Nice. No, I like it. I, I really enjoy the what ifs, what ifs. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I can't talk today. I have you're, had zero alcohol. You're having empathy with me because I'm almost <laughs> done with my whole first glass. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. It's secondhand alcohol. Alcoholism, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> Good grief. I'm going to move on to my next point, which is mm-hmm. about debunking myths uh, and inciting incidents. Okay. Uh, and I found three main ones. And the first one was, you know, inciting the, uh, I am struggling. I'm sorry. It's my fault. Wow. Um, the inciting incident doesn't always have to be the first scene in your story, which is what we talked about. It right. does not have to be on the first page. In fact, a lot of the time, it's better to get to know your character ahead of time. That, that's why I think this episode is so good is because there are a lot of misconceptions out there. Of, you know, we as as new writers are like, oh, this is the rule. We're supposed to do it this way. Right. And as 
we're researching, we're finding out, no, you don't. Right. No, exactly. You don't have to do anything that you don't want to do. I think writing is a really good case of, you know, rules are meant to be broken. Uh, Mm -hmm. Just make sure that you know what the rules are so that you can break them stylishly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, and do it. I love broken rules. Me too. Um, I'm not a huge cliche fan. So I, all of my stories are very, I, I avoid cliches when I can. So yeah. I, that's, See, that's the other thing about your books that are so good is that they really are unique. They're things, you know, when you read a book sometimes and you're like, why didn't I think of that? This is so obvious, but no one ever has before. Your yeah. books are that way. Oh, well, thank you. They are. They're they're good. And mine are just like, okay, she gets the sight. She sees the fae. I mean, she's entertaining. Don't get me wrong. And it is a light and fluffy, funny story. Yeah. Not, well, it is unique in some ways, but it's not, your ideas are different. Well, thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Appreciate that. Yeah, but uh, so I see a lot of info out there that says it should start right off. You know, the inciting incident should be very, very close to the beginning. Didn't um, you have someone tell you that yours started off too soon or too late? I can't yeah, remember which which story it was. It was Mac. Hmm. They, she said that uh, we got to the inciting incident too quickly, whereas seven other agents had no issue with where I started it. Right. So, um, it's that, subjective. That writing conference. Yeah. Yeah. So y'all keep all of this. There is no right and wrong. And you're the one that knows your story the best. Right. So yes, listen to the critiques. That's what we all need to do. I learned so much from having the beta readers and other people in the uh, Facebook groups give me their thoughts, but take or leave them with common sense for what works for your story. Absolutely. I think that goes for pretty much any topic that we talk about. Like we're going to say a lot of stuff where it's like, oh, you should do this. And if you're Mm -hmm. like, no, then don't do it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Yeah. The inciting incident also isn't necessarily the same as your hook, which is something that I uh, was seeing a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, Because we talked a little bit about it last week. The hook is also one of the three main hallmarks of your writing, your writing act one. Your hook is your opening scene and it's a way to draw in your reader and make them curious. And while that sometimes can also be your inciting incident, it does not have to be by any means. I agree. Um, And then the inciting incident can answer questions, uh, but it can also raise questions. Um, So it doesn't have to keep everything a mystery. In fact, I've, I've seen a lot of incidents where it actually clarifies something for your reader. You're answering a question with this incident and then your main character is like, ah, that's what this has meant my entire life. And now I understand. Yeah. So. Good point. uh, For example, with, with Mac, like when um, someone else uses magic, we now know that she isn't the only one. uh, And it answered that question. Mm -hmm. Granted, it brought up more questions of who is this person? Why did they kidnap a kid? Why did they choose to do it this way? Why didn't they just come say hi? That kind of thing. And I think that it's good that it does both. I don't think it has to do either or. I I don't think it has to answer a question or raise questions. I think it can answer some question and also raise new questions. Yeah. I think the main point is really just to get your main character to follow a path into a story. That is the whole point of this. Yeah. 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 Agreed. Um, And then just a couple of examples of an uh, inciting incident, which we've talked about the hunger games throughout this entire episode, Mm -hmm. Uh, but also Hagrid telling Harry that he's a wizard. Oh Um, yeah. mm -hmm. Which, you know, also in Harry Potter, he was experiencing magic by accident 
before anyone told him he was a wizard, like the right. glass with the snake, yeah, um, that kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, he didn't know what to make of it. He didn't know he was doing it. So it wasn't until Hagrid said, you know, here's your invitation to come to this magic school. You're a wizard. Yeah. That sets off the entire, I mean, and really what choice did he have? Oh, stay with the Dursleys and live underneath the stairs for the rest of my life or go to this right. wondrous world where I learn more about myself. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. And then also Lucy's discovery of Narnia in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Because she just oh. walked right into Narnia. And that's yeah. like an insanely cool, inciting in incident. Because you're suddenly introduced to a whole new world. And that um, happened fairly quickly because the kids, I can't remember what sent the kids to this house. It was their uncle or something. And yeah. they were playing hide and seek to try to keep the little ones happy. And she went into the, the wardrobe. So it happened fairly quickly. We got to see a little bit of the, the normal of what was happening prior to her stepping through. But as yeah. soon as she stepped through, everything changed. Right. Yeah, exactly. For her entire family. Yeah. Because then yeah. she went and dragged her siblings through it too. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Super cool. Um, that's all the notes that I have for this. Okay. Uh, Me too. I, I do have an interview question. Okay. What side character in any of your books would you want to meet the most? Because I know that I brought up the, you know, the villains and the main characters. And you're like, well, if I could meet a side character. And I said, no. Yes. So here's your, here's your chance to answer that question. I love a lot of my side characters. They are a lot of times comic relief, which um, makes them likable. And I would like to meet them. But the one that really fascinates me is Fable. Yeah. Oh, I know um, Fable. From uh -huh. the ha Hallow series. That's my elemental series. And it's geared towards a romance. But Fable is a person. Well, she's not really a person. She's an elemental. Yeah. But she says what she wants to say. She screws who she wants to screw. She has no, nothing binds her to the rules. Yeah. She's in this agency that does enforce rules. But she flouts the rules. She flaunts the rules. She... She's funny. I think I would like to meet her just because she seems like she'd be fun. She would like drag me into some shenanigans and I would find my life turned upside down, but in a completely fun way. <laughs> yeah, she is something else. And I mean, just the things she says and does, I'm like, I wish that I had the lack of fear to say what she says. Yeah. And then there, the other character is Sabina in Frickin' Fairies, yeah. who is a similar attitude, but not nearly fables in a world class of her own. Yeah. Um, no one in any of my other books comes anywhere near to what fable does. But Sabina is also one who, because of her background, breaks the rules. And so she is an integral, integral. Wow. Pick, that, pick one. <laughs> that word is giving me trouble tonight to Beck's story once Beck comes into the world of the Fae. Yeah. And she also is a trouble walking on two legs. So she sure is. Yeah. yeah. Nice. What about you? Oh, I was thinking about it. Probably I love Gabriella and Aiden's story. I like her too. She, her sense of humor is just very dry. She's a very dry-witted person. Uh, but she's funny to me. 
Um, mm -hmm. So I would love to meet her. She would be a trip. I don't think she would care much about me, but I think she would just be interesting to meet. I think. Um, otherwise, I I can't decide. I don't really have other characters that I would like super duper just like want to meet. You know, I would love to meet Monroe. He's he seems like he'd be a trip. Mm -hmm. um, he'd be a lot of fun. But yeah, so probably probably Gabriella would be the one that I want to meet the most. I, I like that. That's a good choice. She would yeah, scare me though. She's she yeah, she's something else. She also ends up as a love interest. So I don't know, you know, does she count as a side character kind of yeah, thing? Yeah. Yeah. Um Aiden has another friend that I love a lot too. Her name is Sarah and she I like Sarah. Yeah, she's a little she's a little out there. She's very um you know, she's very comfortable with her power and she is very outgoing as well. So she's she's fun. You know, River in my trick series. Yeah. is also one I wouldn't mind meeting. She got the short end of the straw when it comes to they, they live in this demon training camp where they, they're hunters. They hunt yeah. demons. And her mentor is a piece of crap. Yeah. And has sexual interest in her and beats her all the time. Um, and because of it, she it brought out her mischievous side. She doesn't take well to being controlled. And so she like dyed her mentor's wife's beautiful white long hair purple. Yeah. She put, she swapped out the shampoo Cute. with purple hair dye. Yeah. And, and of course she got beaten for it, yeah. but she is a neat character as well. Someone who doesn't take, and she doesn't like when other people are beaten and downtrodden. So she is protective of right. other people that, you know, she's very, she would be an interesting character as well. You know who I would love to meet of your side characters? All the fairies. <laughs> um, be careful what you wish for. The, Fair. the fairies are, fair. yeah. But they are so funny. They are. I think I would, I think I would just enjoy having time with them, like maybe 10 minutes and then I'm good, you know, just like, just get like a little 10, ten minute thing. Maybe Leary. She's a little safer-ish than -ish. the others. She's still a fairy. <laughs> <laughs> She's still a fairy. But yeah. yeah. Oh, neat. Well, thank you guys for listening. Um, we come check us out on our website, which is eatdrinkrightpodcast.com. You can find any way to contact us there. Uh, tell us jokes, tell us what you want us to talk about, tell us if you disagree with us, tell us if you have other ideas about any of our topics. We'll be glad to talk about you online and say, so-and-so says that this is what they do. Um, you know, writers, journals, anything that you've got, let us know and we'll share it with every, with all our listeners. Did I leave anything out? Uh, I don't think so. Oh, we do have a Patreon. If you all would like to support us, it, it does take time and money to do this. So anything that you want to help us with would be great. That's at Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash E-D-W podcast. Yes. It might just be slash E-D-W. Oh, um, But you can search for us on the Patreon by E-D-W podcast. Um, we have a patron. We thank her very much for her help every month. And I think that's all I've got. We're going to do some mini episodes coming up. And then, of course, this is coming up on October. So I'm looking forward to some Halloween-ish stuff. Yeah. And uh, we will see you next time. Thanks, guys.